What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This is Master Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. This message is a war. Message is a war. Everyone, hang on. Carabast. Coffee with Kenobi presents Rebels Reactions. Let's go get him. All right, if I tag along. I'm on my mark. Get down. My name is Rex. The Rebels of the Lothal system. Hunt them down. My gut tells me this is a trap. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. I'm not afraid. That's what worries me. Embrace your destiny. We are fighting a bigger fight. He was my master. Ahsoka, why did you leave? Do you know what I've become? Yes, master. And now, here's your host, Aaron Harris. Welcome back, everybody, to another week, another episode of Star Wars Rebels. I'm your host, Aaron Harris, and what a show we have today. We have two more episodes to review from this fourth and final season of Rebels, and what what an impactful episodes, uh, pair of episodes they are. Uh, we're talking about episodes Occupation and Flight of the Defender, uh, both Great episodes, and they flow right into each other, so they're pretty seamless in their connections with one another. Uh, in these episodes, uh, after receiving a message from writer Azari, the Ghost crew head home to Lothal to investigate rumors of an improved TIE Defender. Uh, due to Imperial lockdown, they have to leave the Ghost in the hands of uh, Captain Rex and the... Newly, newly minted rebel officer Callus, formerly known as Agent Callus, aka taking Twitter by storm as hashtag Hot Callus. Um, they leave it with him and uh, take hitch a ride with uh, their old smuggling buddy Visago, who sneaks him on to Lothal. Uh, upon arriving, uh, Ezra is of course very taken back by the current state of Lothal and is really blown away at the destruction of his home. Uh, after dodging Imperials throughout the city, they finally meet up with Ryder, make their escape out of the city, where Zeb, Ezra, and Sabine are taken out to a base where by Ryder, where they get to see the newly minted, off-the-line prototype of the Tie Defender Elite. 
And after seeing its capabilities, Sabine decided, you know, pitchers just aren't good enough when it comes to recon. We need to, you know, break into the base and, you know, steal the flight data recorder. And, of course, just the way things go for our rebels, it never goes that easy. Um, they're interrupted by Thrawn, and, of course, chaos ensues. And uh, they wind up stealing the TIE Defender Elite, which the Imperials wind up crashing. And, of course, when things look hopeless, like they're going to get caught, they're rescued by the mysterious Loathe Wolf with the help of a Loathe Cat. And off they go, get back to the base. And some very interesting things happen there at, right at the end. And we got a lot to discuss. So let's get the party started. For this episode of Rebels Reactions, I am joined by two very good friends of mine. Of course, you've you've heard him on the show before, my old buddy David Motters. David, how you doing? Good, good, good to be back. It's good to have you back, my friend. And joining us for the first time, uh, great guy, good friend of mine. Uh, got to know him through through uh, Star Wars on Twitter and everything uh, from. Uh, uh, I'm getting all tongue-tied here because I got so much wonderful things to say. But let's go ahead and bring him on, <laughs> Andre Hutchins. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Aaron, I am doing fantastic, and I just I have to tell you, I am so thrilled to be on your podcast with Rebels Reaction. Uh, you, you know, I was telling you at the beginning that it, it's kind of surreal hearing your voice and actually getting to talk to you, just because uh, I'm just used to listening to you. So I am very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're able to make it on. It's my pleasure to have you on. This is long overdue. We have been wanting to do wanted to do this last season, but time got away from me. So um, time and episodes got away from me last season. But definitely, I'm glad to get we got we're able to get uh, get you on and get you joining me. So let's get right into this episode. I mean, this was just a phenomenal pair of episodes and you know we've we've been discussing it on the last two episodes uh where each step each week we we're getting a little better and better as it goes and and this week is no no exception to that um i mean this definitely has a lot of interesting factors and twists and turns and left you with a, a moment there at the end that left you scratching your head and i, I thoroughly enjoyed that uh, Andre, let's start with you. What were your, uh, your first thoughts when you first saw this episode? Yeah, so the one thing that I really look for when I'm watching an episode of Rebels is just, is there a progression in the story? Do we see the story move forward? Do we see the progression with the characters and really just the overall narrative of you know the gaining momentum of the Rebellion? And then what I, I think what we are all hoping to see, the lead up to, you know, kind of the, the meet up with... Um, um, oh my goodness! Why am I blinking on on the name? The, the recent, the most recent Star Wars movie that came out back in December. Rogue um, One. Rogue One. Yeah, my goodness, that that is as a strike one for me. But uh, um, <laughs> it's all good. I, I I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy this episode just because I did. I felt like there was a good progression within the story itself. And uh, I think one of my biggest takeaways, honestly, was really in the beginning of the episode when you see Ezra. And his, you know, his desire to return to Lothal. And even when Mon Mothma is trying to convince him that, you know, you know, what, what is Lothal compared to all, you know, all the other thousands of star systems that need the assistance of the rebels. And, but see with Ezra though, 
with Ezra, it's personal. And I think with each of us, if we were in his, his shoes as well, it would be personal too. And so I felt like I really related to Ezra, uh, in this episode. And so that, that was probably some of the kind of the, kind of the top things on my mind when I was watching this episode. Very good. Very good. I like those thoughts. It's definitely was something that, uh, it, it really focused in on the impact it had on Ezra, especially in that first episode of him seeing his home in the state that it was in. Um, and it made that definitely is quite an impact because he had this vision in his mind of what's there and it's completely changed. Uh, David, what were your first impressions of, uh, occupation and flight of the defender? I like, um, I like Andre's <laughs> progression of the story. I really feel like, um, in watching this, it's, I have the words, the beginning and the end. Um, it really feels like that. Uh, going back to Lothal, one of the things that struck me is, um, I, I, in particular, I think as they got down, you know, closer to the planet was, um, uh, I thought about several of the books that we've read. In fact, two years ago, uh, New Dawn came out, right? And in that, you could see the Empire destroying, I think it was Gorse, right? Not Gorel, but Gorse, and, or maybe the moon of Gorse. Um, I think of Ahsoka and the planet that she was on in that, in that particular novel, and they're destroying that. And, and now here you see Lothal being destroyed, um, but all for the purpose of the Empire. I mean, it's pretty clear. Um, so those were some of the things flowing through my mind. Um, I felt bad for old Joe, um, uh, uh, that he was executed and you could see how upset, uh, um, Ezra was. Um, but, uh, and then also I wanted to bring up just the humor. Um, I, I guess one of the other things I was thinking about is, as I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking about the last Jedi trailer and kind of, I think the role that Porgs are going to play is, is definitely humor. Uh, during a serious movie here coming up. But I felt the same way here. I felt that um, the puffer pigs, you know, were back and and uh, played a really good role in this and, and, and kind of balanced out the seriousness of what's going on there. So those are just a few of the things uh, that I picked up. No, very good. Very good. And I definitely, I'm glad you brought up the comedic elements because without the comedic elements, the, the, with the episodes that we've had so far would have been very serious we've needed those comedic elements to break them up and we had several throughout this episode um we had of course chopper making fun of their under quote unquote undercover disguises their regular people clothes for local <laughs> uh, which was just absolutely perfect um chopper always gets, it. He, he, it was, yeah sorry Aaron. can i can i just interject right real quick did well, now did you guys were you guys just absolutely loving their attire I, I, and the reason why I say this is because I think – I just think we, we get so used to seeing them in the same clothes, you know, because their outfit is usually the same for every single episode. But this episode, they all had on different, you know, clothes. I, I know they were disguises, but it was just I, – I found it quite amusing and just really entertaining, though, just to see them in all their different attire. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It was great. I loved seeing the different attire. I think the thing I, I, I got the biggest kick out of was Zeb's hat. <laughs> uh, I think Chopper got a kick out of that one, too. Um, I think he even told him they all look ridiculous. And I think that was about the time Sabine threatened to repaint them. Yeah, their attire was – it was good to see him in something something different uh, than this, the standard everyday clothes. You're beginning to wonder if they had any other clothes. 
because they're always in the same thing, but yeah, that is, that is, I, I mean, you know, it, it is a cartoon. And so they are recycling the images for each episode. I mean, the, the process of creating each episode, I, I have no doubt is very extensive. I, it just, it was refreshing. And, and if you, I guess you kind of, if you were to, I guess, pay close attention, you could see that Ezra's, uh, I guess his disguise it was very reminiscent of kind of Lothal attire, you know, so, you know, just uh, in other previous episodes, it just looked really familiar. And even even Hera, her her attire was very reminiscent of, um, you know, some of the things that we've seen Twi'leks uh, wear in like the, the Return of the Jedi or other Star Wars movies. It was really interesting. I loved it. Yeah, it worked. It was very good um, there. They it, it formed with their character. I, I liked it. it. It really fit each every disguise they wore fit their character, um, except for Zeb's hat. That did not fit Zeb um, <laughs> at, at all. I, I I thought I got a good kick out of that. Um, but definitely that was it, that was definitely fit right into the episode. But then we also had little clips here and there throughout the, both episodes that really. Uh, broke the the intense nature of the episode of what was going on um, to keep uh, to keep it uh, a little lighter per se um, like when the puffer pigs when they were loading him up and uh, getting him onto Vizago's ship and um, Rex asks Zeb he goes you're not going to help him and uh, Zeb's like nope they don't like my face yeah apparently oh. it's different and then the <laughs> Then uh, as <laughs> he keeps going up the ladder, Rex is like, "Yeah, well, at least, at least it's your only face, or something yeah. along the lines. It's, it's a unique face." And he's like, "Is that code humor?" Yeah, I love that. And I wrote that down as another part. That, that was good. That was a good one. I also liked uh, Rex and Callus's little interaction there on the bridge of the ghost after Hera uh, leaves her orders about taking care of the ship and she wants it back in one piece. Very reminiscent of what uh, Han told Lando in Empire, or excuse me, Return of the Jedi. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we see uh, they leave and Callus walks over and sits down in, in Hera's pilot seat and he's like, you know, all the, all the times I chased this ship and all the times it frustrated me and now I'm in command of it. And Rex is like, no, you're not, mate. She was talking to me. <laughs> He's like, you, but I commanded Star Destroyers. Why would she leave it to you? Well, you just kind of answered your own question there. And, and what the best part of that was is Callus didn't even question it after that. He just got up and changed seats. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it was it was it was a very a comedic exchange between them. But it, the the way that I thought about this scene actually is, you know, the the episode isn't about. Um, uh, it, it doesn't have, um, oh my goodness, I, guys, I apologize. I, <laughs> I am forgetting names left and right. Um, no, uh, Agent Callus, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't spotlight him at all in the episode other than for this one scene. But what I like about that is though, it's, it's continuing to keep him involved in the story. And so even though he's not really in this episode at all, except for this one small scene, it's continuing to show you he is still involved. He's still here. He's still a part of this team. And so I, you know, a funny moment, a funny scene. But for me, I thought it was it was an important scene. No, very much, very much. And I'm glad they're still incorporating him because 
when after the episodes earlier in the series when he had when he was stuck on uh, the planet with Zeb and the way honorable ones ended and then of course he wound up making his flip there at the end of season three I was I, I it was something I'd been waiting to happen for for a season or two then because I I knew it was going to happen just by the way the the episode the honorable ones ended. So it was very refreshing for me to see him in in the last couple episodes too, just engaging with the rebels the way he is, um, and it's made it a lot more interesting. And have have you noticed um, throughout the episodes, nobody's called him by name? No, I haven't. No, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. In, in all the episodes they've had to date, nobody has called him by name which is feeding into the theory I had that Callus really wasn't his name. It was just his code name. So makes me scratch my head. If it's not his real name, what is his real name? Just my theory. Throw it out there. See what happens. <laughs> Interesting. But so, yeah, we had Callus was fun. Uh, but I think the, the element of the comedic element that, that I enjoyed the most was from these two episodes was actually in Flight of the Defender when they, Ezra is pretty much fighting for his life against all the stormtroopers and pilots and everybody that's chasing him throughout the base while Sabine is still in the cockpit of the TIE Defender Elite and he winds up jumping over that one box and falling to the ground and as he looks up there's Thrawn and he just goes hey <laughs> <laughs> and Thrawn just looks at him and is like, fascinating. So very, okay, here's my Star Trek reference for the night. It was very Spock-esque. You, oh. it, it really was. <laughs> it, 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 to, to me, he sounded more Vulcan than Thrawn, but it was perfect. I loved it. Uh, but to me, that was the best comedic element of the night uh, in those episodes uh, there. Were there any ones that either of y'all liked that I, we, we haven't mentioned yet? Hmm. Oh, I I just love um well a couple of them with Zeb. Uh as soon as uh they're looking at the beginning of uh Flight of the Defender, they're look uh what is it, Ryder Azadi, Ezra, Zeb and Sabine are looking down at that Thai uh facility and um after they've gotten the data they think they should have, you know, Sabine says, um, let's go get more more data and, and Zeb's like, This is about to get interesting. And then, of course, she keeps hatching her plan, and he gets and he tells what writer. I, I told you it's going to get more interesting. He knows stuff's going to blow up, and so you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, when Zeb makes those comments, I love it. And um, what was it? And then later on, you know, here goes the Tide Defender flying around that facility, and then she's shooting everything up, and he looks over at Ryder and says, "I told you it was going to get more interesting." <laughs> and just I love that. It's just it's just great stuff, you know. Um, so those are all pretty funny. Of course, like you said, Chopper stuff, his commentary, I swear he said, like you said, he said the word ridiculous to Zab. You look ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course you did. You can start, you're starting, you know, because you just got to listen and, and you're starting to pick up on what he says. So, well, you, you, and you know, David, those, you know, those lines that Zeb's said, you know, the ones that he was just dropping in that episode, it, it really does play well, though, into 
really how close of a team that they are and how much time that they've spent together because Zeb Zeb knows what's going to happen. Zeb Zeb has been around Ezra and Sabine long enough that he you know, he's not surprised by any of it and he knows, you know, the outcome. And so it, it, you know, to what is comedic to us, you know, to Zeb, it's just another day in the life, you know? <laughs> right. That's a good point. It's just another day in the service of the rebellion. It is all right. it is. Definitely. It's, it, he knows what's happening before it even does. And it's, and that's what's awesome. It just shows how close they are. Um, and the fact that they're almost all together shows how close they are because, uh, Mon Mothma there at the beginning was only going to send, uh, um, Ezra, I just blanked on his name. Uh, don't feel bad. I got you back, Andre. I'm forgetting names yeah, tonight. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Thanks. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, but yeah, he was only going to send Ezra, and they all stepped. And then Harris like, no, we're we're going together. So they so they wind up going, uh, and it wound up being a, a great uh, a great thing because they all did need each other uh, throughout the episode. Now, let's get into to some of the. The, the the meteor portions of the episode because there are there's a lot to to glean uh, in these episodes and a lot to to look at. Um, let's just let's start with Lothal. Um, Lothal is something we've seen from episode one, season one. Um, Spark of the Rebellion. It started on Lothal, big planet. He opens up with that scene, the field, the road going into town the city with the half dome there. And all of a sudden you hear the tie fighters and the star destroyer flying over. I mean, Lothal has been a staple. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For this series. So it's good to be back because we were hardly there at all last season to see the the difference between the Lothal of season one uh, and and season two and what we see now it, it's a completely different planet. Um, there's destruction everywhere. The fields that the that Ezra ran through. Uh, trying to escape the Tie Fighter in the first episode, that was full of full of tall grass. is is just burnt ash pretty much at this point. Um, David, let's go to you. What was your first impressions when seeing Lothal for the first time in a season or two? Oh gosh, um, I uh, what I did before, like I told you, I was prepping for the show here. I pulled out my Star Wars Rebels visual guide. Uh, by Adam Bray, um, who was kind enough to sign it for me at Star Wars Celebration. I love Adam, and he's awesome. Um, but I have it open to the page on Lothal, 
And and so when you ask me that question, I'm just looking at what was the description because I bought this August of 2014, and of course Rebels premiered October 2014. So this was two months before the show started. And on the page it says Lothal is a frontier world settled in the time of the Republic. The Empire came to Lothal not only to exploit its rich mineral wealth, but also to establish a new hyperspace route, expanding even farther across the galaxy. And then it shows the planes that you were just describing that Ezra played in, shows the farms and stuff like that. And then it says this, and it, it really nails uh, kind of my, you know, my thoughts about it is it said it here three years ago, but it says enormous factories manufacture weapons, TIE fighters and other vehicles where farms once stood. These factories now pollute Lothal skies and waterways and vast mines tear the planet's resources from the ground. And um, so I, I just I wanted to get that back out because um, here they are saying that they always said Lothal was going to be critical. Dave Filoni was saying that from the very start. And uh, here they are coming back around. So. Um, I am excited they're back. Uh, it is sad to see it, but again, I go back to some of these other novels in the new canon that I've been reading, and you just see that as a staple of the Empire. They're going to go, they're going to present themselves as being helpful, and even Filoni mentions that in Rebels Recon, but then once the Empire's there, they destroy everything. So um, it's sad to see it, but I'm glad the, the, the whole crew is back to see if they can uh, make a little bit of a difference. Excellent. Very good. The, it's definitely a a it's, it's a little, it's a chilling experience to see see the changes that the empire has made to that to that. Oh yes. Uh, it's it's really shows the impact of why. I mean, we always loved the movies. We always knew the, re the empire was evil, rebellion was good, and that's what we grew up watching. And now we're getting to see firsthand what they were talking about, why they were fighting for what they were fighting. They weren't just fighting the big bad machine. We're actually getting to see the big bad machine now. We're getting to see the impact on the innocence. We're getting to see the impact on nature. We're getting to see all aspects of what the Empire is doing. It's just not Jedi versus Sith anymore. This is we're we're seeing the true reason for the rebellion. Uh and we're seeing honestly the true reason for honestly, to me, seeing Lothal the way it is now helps me understand more of why Saul is as Saul Guerrera is as much of a rebel as he is, why he's not holding any punches on the Empire, um, and because that to me is he he's probably seen he's probably seen this exact thing on Onderon where he was from. He's probably seen it on other planets he's been to as well. He sees it on Jedha when he gets there. So he uh, probably fed right into his almost bloodlust to destroy the empire at that point. Uh, Andre, what are your thoughts on Lothal and, and everything that's happened there? So just in the conversation that we've been having and, and David, those were excellent thoughts. I, 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 those were things that I did not think about, but, um, the, the thing that comes to mind for me though, is, you know, and, and some people, I guess might argue this, but the way that I see rebels is that the show, the, the, the show centers around Ezra, that this is really his story and his journey, even though we do get to see the journey of other characters that really this show is about Ezra. Again, that's just how I see it. And so when I see Ezra, you know, he he is so anxious to go back to Lothal and to help his people. 
and to, you know, at least at least in some way help liberate, you know, Lothal from the Empire. When he actually sees Lothal uh, in person and just the total destruction that has occurred on his home planet, um, I I was I was actually really expecting him to to feel anger and and hatred towards the Empire, you know. And since this is this is Ezra's journey and his journey of becoming a Jedi, you know, the fact that he had restraint. Enough to really not go, you know, deep into those dark emotions. Uh, that that really, I I think what I saw in Ezra was really just compassion and empathy, and those are the things you know that a Jedi is supposed to have. You know, a, 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 you know, outside of giving into your feelings of anger and hatred, which I think it would be such a normal, natural feeling to have when you see what the Empire has done to your home planet. And so, you know, th- that for me was just big growth that I saw in Ezra just from his reaction and what he saw you know, had taken place on his home planet. Oh, yeah, a- exactly right. But we also see there for a split second um, a almost an attitude of, of I mean, he gave up. He's like, we've lost. It's over. Look at look what they've done. Lothal's lost. We're, we're done. And it was, was it Seth that talked him, talked him down? Was I'm trying to remember. I think so. Yeah, it I think so. That, that talked him down and was like, you know, we, we go down fighting at this point, you know, we're, we can't just let them win. Um, and they, that snaps Ezra back into it and, and the mission proceeds. And it's very, it's, it's at a very emotional time for Ezra um, because we're seeing him not only return home, but obviously there's a, uh, I want to say there, there's a connection to the planet, uh, to to Lothal, and it, it, it and it feels like it goes beyond um, what we beyond just you know going home. There, there's almost like a, right. a force connection between him and the planet, uh, right? That that hasn't been truly explored or explained yet, um, and I think we see some of that uh, from his interactions with the Loath Cats and and the the newly introduced Loath Wolf. Uh, in this episode, and, and it just goes to further that connection because he's not only you know connecting with these little cat things creatures, uh, but this loath wolf, which as even writer says, you know nobody has seen in in year, decades, hundreds of years, because they, they essentially essentially said they were all extinct, uh, but yet Ezra is now seeing them. He even rides one later in the episode, um, and which is very interesting that yet yeah, he would make that connection and this thought to be extinct animal would show up. Um, what do you think about his connection to the planet? Do you, what do you think in lies in that, uh, Andre? Oh man! Well, this this was uh, one of the things that I had written down in my notes for um, our our discussion, I guess, on Fl- Flight of the Defender was. Th- Ezra does seem to have some type of deeper connection with with Lothal 
and and maybe it's just the nature around him because we you know we've seen him have connections with other different creatures and life forms throughout other episodes and other seasons um but but his connection with Lothal seems different it, it, there there's there's a mystique about it and just an unknown about it that that I I hope they explore more in this season at least I I mean from what was shown to us in this episode it was it, it was very intriguing um and I, I I don't know what you guys thought of this but what do you guys think of uh, the the white loath cat on top of the the loath wolf was that was that some type of connection or symbiotic relationship we were supposed to take from that very good question you know i think i think there is something there i think it's more you know i, I keep i keep going back to the word spiritual i, I think there's more of a, a spiritual force connection between these creatures um a and I think there's a lot of symbolism too in these creatures because we're we've seen loath cats all through the series, and they've you know the brownish, blackish, whitish, beigeish color, white uh, mixed color you know, loath cats. But the loath cats, the loath cat in question that we're, we're talking about here, and, and and the wolf, they're solid white, um, which has to have some kind of deeper i think there's got to be some symbolism in there somewhere because uh, obviously there's a connection to to they have it some kind of connection str- straight to ezra uh david what are your thoughts on that yeah I, I love what both of you are saying um in fact in rebels recon i was listening to uh i listened to it again just as you guys were uh getting a hold of me um Taylor Gray was talking about, you know, to Andy Gutierrez about um, Lothal. And and Taylor said, you know, we're going to really see what the planet is capable of because he said the force is flowing through it. So as both of you are talking, I'm thinking about what Taylor Gray uh, was talking about in Rebels Recon. And you guys are really, you know, narrowing down onto it. I think, like both of you said, that there's still a mystery there. And it'll be interesting to see if they explain that more if, if like they said the connection between the white loth cat and the white uh loth wolf if they're going to explain that as well as um you know uh just more of what this planet's about you know is lothal even more special than you know what i read to you from the rebels visual guide there um and like andre said maybe they're gonna uh explore that more i i also wonder if they're gonna keep stuff kind of, um, uh, I don't know, kind of nebulous, you know, like uh, Jedi nebulous, you know, like they don't quite answer it, kind of like at the end when uh, Kanan says, you know, all the paths are leading together, and Ezra's like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We just have to wait and see, you know. And so I do wonder, because, you know, it, I've been struggling with some of the filling in, like, Every potential detail. I, I was. I know, Aaron. You're reading um, um, from a certain point of view, and yeah. um, and I'm reading that as well. And I really enjoy it. Um, but uh, I, I realize, and I haven't gotten to it yet. But they actually named the Dianoga. Okay, and I'm like, I, I was like, do we need a name for the Dianoga? I'm, I, I you know, it's almost like everything well, is filled in. You know, they, they named the Dianoga. They named the Dianoga. Um, uh, you know, and I just remember as a kid in 1977, just watching the little eye stalk come up, and I'm just like, "Oh, I didn't even know it was a Dianoga at that point." I'm just like, "It's the trash compactor monster," you know. And uh, so, I guess why I'm saying this is I'm kind of tying together what you said and what Andre said is, 
I, I, I think there's this insatiable appetite, and I know I have it, to learn more and more and more. But I think Dave Filoni is going to keep some of it a little nebulous. I mean, we saw that with the whole Ahsoka thing at the end of season two as well. So it's such a fine line they have to, to, to walk, which is like wanting to know more about all this, but at the same time having some mystery and keeping it interesting and keeping guys like us talking. Yeah, well, and I think, I think David, I think you nailed it on the head. Is is that there are obviously just things that the show is going to present that it just it, we're not going to have enough time to you know to dive into every aspect of the show and 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 in part that's part of the beauty of of Star Wars in general is that the, the universe is so big and there are so many people in it and there are so many stories. You know, you don't really only have time to explore just a few. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm still stuck on the Dianoga has a name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could go grab my phone. I haven't read it yet. I know that you and I are kind of towards the beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're reading it, Andre, but it's uh, it goes chronologically, you know. And so I'm still on um, I'm on Tatooine still. So. Um, I'm not to the Death Star or to Yavin or any of that kind of stuff. But but I'd seen an article about it, and uh, um, I was like, are you kidding me? I, said, I don't know. I, I like to know things like that, but then I'm like, oh, I don't, the Dianoga needs a name? Anyway. <laughs> this struck me as a little weird, but yeah. Um, hey, now, Aaron, I wanted to ask you yeah. guys, um, if, I don't, I'm not sure if we moved on from episode five yet, but uh, have have we ever seen Hera and Kanan get as close as they did in episode five in any other previous episode? I mean, because we know we know what Filoni has said and what, um, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. has said about regarding the relationship, um, you know, but I, I, and they almost had an intimate moment. And and so I I don't know if we've ever seen them get that close, but I was uh, I, I I just I'm curious to know what you guys thought of that. That's a very good question. Actually, it was next on my list uh, on the notes to to talk about Kanan and Hera, um, or hashtag Canera. I think that's what they're calling it on Twitter now. Um, so <laughs> so yeah, we've we've definitely. Uh, have known there was something between those two for for a long time. We're going to go all the way back to a new dawn. Uh, you you kind of felt that there, um, but it was definitely the closest we've seen them. I mean, we've seen them hug like when at the end of season uh, one when they rescue him from the clutches of Tarkin there at uh, Mustafar. Um, when they get aboard the uh, the transport, they they give each other a hug, um, and we've seen that here and there throughout the series but this was this was probably the most most intimate moment they have had uh with him just i mean with the whole i wish i could still see you uh moment and and then of course her response was almost as perfect as i know um (laughs) you can always see me um and and then just it was perfect. Well, yeah, no, it really was. I, I mean, when you have a history like they do, but not not just that, when you, you are continually going through such, you know, incredible and impactful experiences together, you know, uh, it, it hard, difficult experiences. It, it's just it's just a matter of time before it brings you back together, you know. And that barrier, the barrier that's been between them, is you know, really their sense of duty and responsibilities that they, they that they have to the rebellion. 
but that barrier seems to be getting a lot smaller or thinner. You're right. I, and I think it was, you know, honestly, I think it, the, the wall between them definitely is coming down. Um, and we're, we're, we're beginning to see more of these little, little moments and little, uh, one-on-ones, but this was definitely the biggest. What were your thoughts on, on, or your thoughts in general about Canon and Hera, David? Yeah, I, I really like it. I, um, you know, I go back, I mentioned earlier um, in this podcast uh, talking about a new dawn. And again, I remember reading that two years ago and just seeing kind of the sparks of it back then. And um, you can tell it's something that the fans are really excited about, like Space Married, hashtag Space Married as well. Um, but they've clearly played that role, right, of mom and dad. And um, I really like what Andre said, though, that, that it's their sense of duty and commitment and doing their jobs that's really kind of kept it at bay but it's it's starting to to flourish and i, I think you guys the, the fans are happy about it i think overall oh they're ecstatic i that's seen a lot of uh a, a lot of tweets going out there about it and, and definitely it's i think they were more upset uh, pretty upset about the the random communication moment that broke everything up uh, yeah, leave, it to, leave it to Zeb to pro, to to make a make an entry when he shouldn't. Yeah, it had to be Zeb. Of course it did. Had to be. Had to be. The only thing that would have made it any better if it was Chopper. But, that's what I was saying. Like like C three PO did, right? Yeah, exactly. Like three. Oh yeah, that's that's a great callback. Well done, David. Yeah, exactly. Like three PO. Uh, but yeah, it, it's good to see them uh, ramping things up there. Makes me curious to see how we're going, how we'll, how the series ends uh, with their relationship, where it's at, and how it uh, flourishes throughout the rest of the season. Um, you know, we're looking, we're, we're we're getting close on time, and I got a few other topics we want to get into here real quick. Um, I want to talk about Grand Animal Throne for a moment. Uh, of course, he makes his uh, grand entrance in Flight of the Defender. You know, where that shuttle lands and he walks, gets off the shuttle, flanked by Price and a couple of Death Troopers. Um, and he's there for the whole TIE Defender inspection. And we, we get some very interesting moments from Thrawn in this episode. We see more of his just pure genius coming out, uh, his, his ability to to deduce uh, from his, from his ability to deduce who's on that tie fighter with Ezra to testing turning a a hijacking into a testing situation then then his just pure unwavering un I mean he, he dude obviously fears nothing I mean, he stood toe to toe with a tie fighter yeah he stood there pulled his pistol and was just taking shots at a tie defender, which is shielded by the way, as it came barreling down to him, blasters firing. And I'm sorry, I, I figured Sabine could have hit him if she really wanted to. Um, but I mean, he just stood there and he didn't flinch. Volt Scaris, who was behind him and, uh, and governor price, I almost said Admiral price, governor price, they were ducking for cover. Even Scarce was like, Admiral, you got to get down. You got to get down. He just straight and tall one hand. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And behind his back, blaster out, shooting. I mean, what does that, I mean, everything that says about his character is just mind-blowing. Um... What what were your thoughts, David, when you first went with, with Thrawn throughout this uh, Flight of the Defender episode? Yeah, it's still the intimidating force, right? As he comes off the Imperial shuttle, you get uh, the Kevin Kiner music, um, and uh, just just the whole presentation of completely under control. Um, I have to admit, like you said, after watching the episode a few times, and you see where Sabine is when she's coming through and shooting. I, I can't believe she didn't hit him. Um, and, it, and I have to admit, it doesn't make sense to me that he is pulling the gun out, uh, knowing that it's shielded. Um, I, I, I just thought it was just not a safe move on his part. You know, I mean, you, you he's got to be around. I mean, he's smarter than that. Um, you get you take cover. So um, I think overall, though, the, 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 the thing was instead of my. You know, questioning mind. It's more of just trying to show him as uh, I think, like you said, Aaron, kind of mind blowing. Like not scared of anything, even a tie defender elite uh, bearing down on him, um, fearless and and completely under control. So I think that was the message. Oh, and it was loud and clear. He was definitely the unmovable object. Uh, mm. Andre, what are your thoughts on Thrawn? Well, so I was, you know, just in the just hearing what you guys had to say about this, and I, and I'm not sure if, if this is right, but it just kind of got me thinking that say say Thrawn did, you know, jump out of the way and duck for cover, and and uh, you know what would that diminish the mystique and and awe about him? You know, would we think of him less or be afraid of him less if we saw him, you know, really show signs of his mortality? You know, but the fact that he just stood there stone cold really only adds to his character and who he is. I, I mean, I, I, and uh, you know, Aaron, I, you and I were just saying, um, you know, it, it just his his pure evil, or it, was it stupidity, or probably both? You know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I I think. I think had he jumped out of the way, I think that maybe would have lessened what, you know, maybe the image that he has portrayed and that he, you know, he has worked hard to create among his peers and among his enemies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, him standing his ground, I would not expect anything less. Absolutely. I I would have expected nothing less either. I I can't say I would have thought less of him for for taking cover. Um, But the fact that he didn't is is it's just advancing his mystique and his legend um, per se. I mean, for a guy that came out of the Legends line of books, his, he he's reached leg- he's every time he's on screen he's reaching legendary status. Um, yeah, I mean, after that, as the, the Tie Defenders escaping, he tells Volt Scares to launch his fighters to test it, and he's inside the the control room, and he's like. I wonder who's on that ship with, with Ezra, and as, and as the fight's going on, Volscaris is like, it's got to be Captain Sindula, it's got to be Hera, and Thrawn, without missing a beat, 
he just doesn't even look up from the screen. He's just like, it's not, it's not Hera. You know, if it was Hera, our ships wouldn't have lasted this long. <laughs> and he, yeah. <laughs> he knows this crew better than the crew knows themselves. It seems, um, which can be, which which can it's going to definitely lead into some interesting episodes going forward, as he presses forward with his new plan and the rebels are going to press forward with whatever their plan is going to be throughout the rest of the season, which I got to, got to believe since we're back on Lothal, it's going to center around Lothal. Um, I, I, I see this culminating, uh, on Lothal. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and I, either Thrawn, Thrawn's either, I don't want to say his ultimate defeat. Um, cause I don't want to see him, He's one of those characters that, that even even legends. I, I I don't want to see him fall. Um, he's that he's bigger than life. Uh, so you don't want to see him go. I don't want to see him just you know. All right, at the end of season four, he loses a massive battle and is banished into oblivion. I don't want that. No. At that same point, I don't. He can't come in and just sweep through and annihilate everybody either. So it's like one of yeah. these. Where's the happy medium with this guy? Because uh, I mean, he was able to sit there and deduce that Sabine was on that fighter just by how fast the transponder was disabled, and the fact that he knew it was in record time, as well, told him it was it was Hera, um, and it or not Hera, Sabine. Excuse me. And the guy just never stops, never stops amazing me. Um, and I, I think I will sit there and whenever I think about Thrawn going forward, I think I'm going to sit here and when somebody mentions Thrawn, I'm only, all I'm going to see is him standing there in that, at that base, hand behind his back, pistol drawn, just calmly taking shots at a TIE fighter that's in a nosedive at him. <laughs> it's it, that that is the that is just straight pure incredibleness in my opinion so well and to piggyback on what you're saying Aaron like when you said what's the happy medium you know I think at the end of you know in uh, Zero Hour Part 1 and Part 2 to finish off Season 3 the way that Filoni did it was he brought the Bendu in to help the Rebels defeat him and so it's almost like he doesn't lose face, right? Thrawn doesn't lose face because he's going against something he doesn't really understand. Um, he is fully set up to defeat the rebellion, but because of the force, because of Bendu, they were able to do it. I'm curious to see if what Filoni and company are going to do to to do what you said, which is to help him still be dominant, but perhaps ultimately not beat Ezra Kanan and the whole Ghost crew is to have something with the force that flows through the planet or have it be through um, the, the white loth, loth uh, wolf or other animals. So I'd be curious to see if that happens. And that could, that could make the happy medium there, don't you think? I could see that being a happy medium. Um, I mean, at the same point, though, then are we just, that if that's how it goes and it's the, the force and the loath wolf that, that spoil his, that, foil his ultimate end game again isn't that just rehashing the season finale of season three yeah i was just throwing it out as a potential because um like you said i if it goes the way where he 
um, really loses face that I, I agree with you. I don't want that to happen. I was just trying to present something that might might allow it to happen. But I agree with you. It'd be a rehashing of it. Well, something has to happen um, that either and, and I don't like the op, the options that we have. He either either does lose face and gets banished to the furthermost parts of the galaxy, um, oh. or he does not survive the finale because we don't see him or in anywhere else. He's not mentioned in Rogue One. He's not mentioned in any of the original trilogy. Um, he's nowhere to be found. So, Thrawn is Snoke. <laughs> Thrawn is Snoke. <laughs> just kidding, folks. guys. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. There's our Snoke theory for the day. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well played. well played. Like that. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> so definitely it'll be interesting to see how they play out uh, Thrawn's endgame on that. So uh, I, I just, you know, I I have faith they'll do it correctly. I just am scared on how it ends. Um, I just, I, 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 as much as I loved the original three books that Zahn wrote, the way he died in that book, it's it just... I don't know. It was the only way they could end it, but it just didn't feel it didn't feel right. So I, I just don't want to walk away with that. It doesn't feel right feeling again uh, mm. with, with Thrawn. Uh, they can't do it to me two times in a row. So so we'll see what happens. Uh, but you brought up the Loath Wolf, David, and let, let's talk about that because that's definitely um, it was something we saw in the the season four trailer. Uh, that that created a lot of uh, hubbub around the internet and, and Twitter and speculation of what it is. I even somebody even I mean there was even a theory going around that yep yep the Loth Wolf's Ahsoka. No, I don't think the Loth Wolf is Ahsoka, uh, but the Loth Wolf definitely has some interesting um, powers to it. I mean, it pretty much tells Sabine to go to sleep and she blacks out. Um, and it's it's definitely got some mystical force powers with it. But what really got me was right at the end of Flight of the Defender when he gets it and after riding the Loth Wolf back to the Rebel base. They get off Ezra's talking to it, and he's like, why are you doing this? Who are you? Why? Are you, why or, or not who are you, but why are you doing this? And the Loath Wolf just gets almost like right down in his face, and he just utters one word, then disappears. It's just very simply, doom. And that was it. It's chilling. Very chilling. Um, now all the speculation is what do you mean by Doom? Who's Doom? What? Of course, everybody knows who Doom is. It's Caleb Doom. D-U-M-E. Doom. Caleb Doom. Who is our favorite? And, who, and everybody knows who Caleb Doom is. Let's hear it, folks. Come on. It's Kanan. Yeah, exactly. no, it, it's, it's definitely Kanan. It's but Kanan I mean, Jarrus. is that, is this, do you think that that's the actual correlation? I, I has to be the correlation, has to be. Mm. If it's not, I I, I don't because what what did what what was the last thing he said at the end of the episode? All paths are coming together. Yeah, huh? 
all ah, of this that, has to link back to get, link back together. You know, I think I need this, to see this episode again. <laughs> <laughs> it all has to link back together the, um, to Canaan. It has to. Canaan's got Canaan's got a larger role in this um, mm. than I think he even understands at this point. So I'm interesting to see where where the the road leads on this because it was. He said it when I heard it for the first time. I was like, "Wait, did he say?" And I turned on the captions and rewatched. And I'm like, and I just kind of sat there and I'm like, and I'll be perfectly honest. I sat there and I'm like, doom, doom, doom. I'm like, I know that name. It took me a minute to realize he was talking about to make the Canaan connection. But right. I was just, what I did, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, yeah. Because I was going to watch that with the captions on. I just didn't have time. But it, does it, is it D-U-M-E or is it D-O-O-M? D Ooh. caption spelled it out D U M E. Oh, so oh okay. Well, is, yeah, Aaron, I think you're onto something. It's then. <laughs> because I remember that in the Canaan comic, right? The part one and and uh, part two. I, I had that's I mentioned to you, Aaron, that I have both those trade paperbacks, and of mm-hmm. course, you know, um, what is it? I guess in New Dawn, right? He's uh, Caleb Doom, and uh, do the flashbacks to the Jedi Temple. So, okay. All right. Well, yeah, you've got it. Yeah, it's D U M E. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys you guys are more clever than me. I didn't even think to put on the captions while I was watching it. <laughs> well, I I always wind up watching them. Uh I always watch it live. Um but then when I'm at work, I'll have it on on my breaks and stuff and I can't have it turned up too loud so I always have the captions on. So I always I always wind up watching it with captions on and always pick up the thing here or there, but yeah, this one I, I turned it on that night. I rewound it and turned it back on. I'm like, did he say Doom? Or am I like the Doctor Doom or like Doom? What what was? It? Then I, I read the caption. And I'm like D U M E Doom, Doom, Doom. Oh, <laughs> there I, there was an audible gasp from my from my side of the couch that night. So uh, <laughs> that definitely nice. definitely made a difference. So it. it I, I can't even begin to fathom where this is going to go. Um, it's, it's going to be an interesting ride to see where it goes because I got a feeling we're going to see Kanan and, and Ezra being pulled into something here that as the paths lead together that I don't know if we're really prepared for. <laughs> I don't think we're prepared for anything this season as it ends. So, yeah. um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but definitely Caleb Doom. Canaan Jarrus, why would it, and the Lothwolf, what's the connection? Be interesting. To yeah, see. no, that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, so what, a couple other things I want to want to hit on before we, we start wrapping things up. Um, um, I know last episode uh, we, we did, we brought up the, uh, in the name of the rebellion episode, we, we had a discussion about the death troopers. Um, Cause you know, them speaking as I had an issue with the death troopers in the last episode of how quickly they were being taken down and, and the fact that they were speaking basic, uh, and not the, the coded stuff we were used to from rogue one. And apparently I wasn't the only one that thought that because during rebels recon, which of course is the, 
if you not watch Rebels Recon, I don't know why you're listening to my show. Um, but Rebels Recon, uh, of course, is the StarWars.com uh, after show with uh, Andy Gutierrez. And she cornered, always winds up cornering Pablo Hidalgo and asking questions. And that was actually one of them. And uh, he brought up a very interesting point that the Death Troopers have their coded language stuff with the garbled stuff that we hear in Rogue One uh, when they speak to each other. Uh, but when they're speaking to regular people like stormtroopers and stuff, they have they they have the ability to speak basic as well, which made me feel better about that last episode, honestly. Um, it, it waived any uh, doubts I had about them. Because uh, I, I was really... I, 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 I love the Death Troopers in, in Rogue One. And after seeing that episode, I was like, "Well, maybe they're not as big and bad as I thought." But no, this 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 fixed it for me. I still like my Death Troopers uh, on that, so I wanted to go ahead and get that out there since we discussed it last week. Uh, but it's there. Um, but definitely, that was a uh, great thought. Um, and of course, this episode—I know we've been mentioning it here and there throughout the episode. Uh, with the return to Lothal, we've had a return of a lot of different characters from the past showing back up as well. Um, we've mentioned a few of them already with Voltscaris showing up. Uh, of course, Voltscaris was from the Antilles Extraction. He was commanded uh, Sky Striker uh, Academy, or Sky Strike Academy, excuse me, not Sky Striker. Wasn't Sky Striker, uh, that was from Mask, wasn't it? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to look that up later. Um, but yeah, we from Sky Strike, I'll have to ask Jeff McKee, he'll know. Um, we had Voltscaris there. Uh, we had the Puffer Pigs return. We mentioned that in Visago. Uh, but we also see the return of Baron Fallon Ruder. Um, of course, if you remember Baron Fallon Ruder uh, from season one, he was the pilot testing the uh, pro- the advanced TIE fighter oh, yeah, there was, um, during Imperial it Day. It was, uh, whose was it? It was um, the, Inquisitors. the Inquisitors. Yeah. yeah. Is, that's when they met Wedge, yeah, isn't there? it? That was during, um, um, that wasn't the when they met Wedge. That was when they met, um, that was uh, during a later yeah, season. They met Wedge during oh, okay. the Achilles' oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's where the Voltscaris came in. But with uh, oh. Varen Van Ruder, it was during the episode Imperial Day, um, where they're celebrating the anniversary of the Empire being formed. And he was the ace pilot that everybody was celebrating that day um, when they decided to blow up the TIE fighter right behind him, um, which was, was very good. We also saw Jai Kel make his comeback. Uh, Jai Kel, of course, was one of the students uh, at the Imperial Academy that um, Ezra uh, infiltrated actually helped him uh, leave the Academy uh, there. Uh, So it was good to see him back um, and come in and see it off. So, but it was definitely good. And we're you know, have him back in the mix again. So definitely was some good thoughts uh, and seeing him back and how how he has grown up and, and joined pretty much the Rebellion at that point. He's working with Ryder uh, as they are working to try to save Lothal. So pretty much 
that those are the episodes. That's the occupation, and that is flight of the defenders. Both great episodes. Uh, let's go ahead and start uh, filling out some final thoughts on everything here. Okay, uh, Andre, we'll start with you. What were your final thoughts for uh, flight of, or for occupation and flight of the defender? Overall, uh, very very good episodes. Um, progress the story. Uh, it, it it really blended very well. I, I mean, when we were talking, I was having a hard time remembering which which parts were in the occupation episode and which ones were in the fight of the defender, um, just because of how well they melded together. And so, um, the last thing though that I did want to uh, mention from episode six, and I thought that was just this was kind of a funny call out. I don't know if you guys caught this, but with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When um, Ezra and Sabine are huddled down and they're looking for a distraction... And then the loath cats that you know are just just shadowing Ezra, you know, for at the, throughout that whole first portion of the episode, you know, they just kind of meander off and uh, kind of start messing with the stormtroopers and ultimately create a distraction. And, and I just started laughing so hard just because I just started thinking of, of the Return of the Jedi when you know Han Solo they're they're looking for a distraction uh, on on Endor. And what do the Ewoks do? They just kind of wander off and then, you know, hop on the speeder and, uh, and the rest is history. But uh, I just I really enjoy what Filoni and all the other creators of, of the Rebel show are doing and just how, you know, they just they, they're, they're very detail oriented. They pay attention to these small little bits and pieces that, you know, sometimes if, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss. And uh, yeah, overall, just great episodes. Very good, very good, Andre. I enjoyed those thoughts, and and you bring up those stormtroopers, and we forgot to mention them earlier. Um, you do realize that was those two stormtroopers that were attacked by the Loath Cats that wound up chasing him through the fields of the charred fields of Lothal. Those were actually voiced by Dave Filoni and and Steve Bloom. So, oh, that's rich. That, that, made, is that rich. made it even better. Matter of fact, the. The first one, the one that kind of shot at the loath cat that got attacked first, that was Steve Bloom. And the one that was kind of antagonizing him and, and everything, that was Filoni. So it was perfect. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, David, what were your final thoughts on Occupation and Flight of the Defender? Definitely. Yeah, I'm glad that we're back on Lothal. Um, it seems like it's coming full circle. Um, coming back to what they talked about in Rebels Recon, Andy Gutierrez said a couple different times they're back on Lothal for good. Um, I'm not sure that Taylor Gray agreed with that, but it sounds like they're going to be there for quite a while at least, at least per um, the voice actor who voices Ezra. So it's exciting to be back there. Um, it is exciting to see more and more stuff here about the, the force powers within Lothal. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like we talked earlier, if they're going to expand on that any further. Um and uh, uh, 
And of course, it'll be interesting to see what happens to our heroes here. It sounds like there's a strong connection for all of them. Vanessa Marshall said it in her statements. Uh, Steve Bloom said it in his statements about Zeb, that they all have a strong connection to Lothal. Um, uh, I am excited to see what happens and, and see what happens in uh, the next few episodes as well. So um, very, very pleased with these um, with these episodes. A lot of action, a lot of humor, and um, I can't get enough. I absolutely agree with both of you. These have been some phenomenal episodes. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, this. I've kept saying this season's going to be bittersweet, being that's the, the final season. There, we knew we were going to get great episodes, but it was bittersweet in the fact that you know it's the last year, last. Uh, Episodes, and this definitely was what I consider bittersweet episodes because we finally returned to Lothal, and it's nothing like we left it. So, so it definitely uh, we get to see uh, some some new struggles for our crew to face. Uh, they're pretty much trapped on Lothal right now, and the future is bleak for Lothal. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, loved all the the returning characters, seeing Visago again. Uh, of course, the, the random puffer pigs. I tell you, those were fun to see. Um, and and it was this episode definitely left us with a lot of questions about what's going to happen over the next. Um, this is episode five and six, so so the next nine episodes. Now um, we have nine episodes of Rebels left, folks. That's it. Um, we'll see what happens and uh, going forward I'm very interested to see how, how that plays out um, going into these episodes of course you know we try to grade out all the episodes on a school just scale like you had in school A, B, C, D, F and uh, we want to go ahead and get those graded for you um, Andre since you're our newest uh, guest here how would you grade uh, the occupation? So I, I well I'll uh, I'll go ahead and save you some time. I'm actually going to grade both episodes as a B plus. I think both episodes were well done. I think um, that in, there was a lot given in into these two episodes. You know to can really you know continue our, our journey all, along with these rebels. Um, not completely mind blowing episodes or jaw dropping episodes, and that's okay. I mean those are saved usually for the finale. You know that I will usually I, I'll give those you know kind of my A plus, but uh, these are very good episodes, so B plus for both. All right, very good, very good. Uh, David, how about you? How would you grade them? Yeah, pretty close. I'm, I'm vacillating back and forth between an A minus and a B plus. Um, uh, I am a broken record. I know we've talked about this a lot before that Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, just like Andre said, those season finales are the biggies and. That is the gold standard. It still is for me. So I think comparing it to that, I guess maybe it's not even fair to do that. But I think I'll I want to be consistent with Andre and give it a B plus as well. Both of them. Very good. And I'm actually going to have to agree with both of you. I was going to give it a B plus as well. Uh, phenomenal episode, and, and these episodes are getting better as they go. Um, and, and I did thoroughly enjoy this episode. There's a lot, a lot in here. Um, I loved how they they made Thrawn still even bigger than life. Um, I hate how we've seen Lothal, um, and but it, it's going to make some interesting drama going forward. Seeing how 
Ezra reacts and with the the loath wolf and the doom uh, word that I see how Kanan ties into all this is going to be phenomenal going forward. So I'm really looking forward to it. This was definitely a great episode and it was a great base for what's to come. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Okay, Aaron. Yes. Um, any chance I could ask one more question that that emailer asked, that Willard Tarkanis? You remember that? Can I ask that question? <laughs> Go right ahead. So we had an emailer, Willard Tarkanis, a.k.a. Wilhuff Tarkin. He emailed the show. Um, the Grand Moff himself did. And his question was, in the credits, it says for the white Loth wolf that it's voiced as himself. And we see Chopper as the only other um, character is voiced as himself. So the theory has been that Dave Filoni has been Chopper. So I'm definitely thinking the question is, does Dave Filoni not only do Chopper, but does he do the White Loth Wolf? And my answer to Grand Moff Tarkin is, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to put it on record. I think it is. I think it's Dave Filoni. You know, I think that will be one of the answers that Dave will take to his grave. <laughs> I, I love Dave, but I don't think he will ever release that morsel of information. Yeah, and I and I think he's I think he will take that one to his grave a hundred years from now because uh, we don't want it to be anytime soon. So okay. <laughs> uh, that that was that was I got a good laugh when I got that email. So. So thank you, whoever that was. Uh, definitely was awesome to, to get that. I had this port. I forwarded that off. That that was great, David. Um, I'm, I'm glad I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought it back up. Um, oh. One more thing we want to touch on. Normally, after we do our grades, we go right into our to close. But there is something we do need to touch on that impacts Star Wars Rebels uh, and impacts our crew. There recently was released an episode of Forces of Destiny. Those, of course, are the two three-minute shorts that Disney has been putting on. Um, and this one, of course, was released back on October 30th, which was a, few, a couple days ago from when we are recording this. And this episode, of course, was entitled An Imperial Feast. This takes place after the Battle of Endor. The Death Star's been destroyed. Battle's been won. Everybody's celebrating, and the Ewoks are celebrating because, you know, they helped win the battle. And, of course, they're hungry, so what do Ewoks do? Apparently they want to roast stormtroopers. So Han and Chewie are kind of watching them prepare the stormtroopers for their roasting and they weren't going to to do anything to stop them. That's when Leia showed up. Um, And this is where things get interesting and you're asking, well, yeah, Leia was in Rebels, but what does that have to do with what's going on? Well, we find out in this episode, and of course these being canon, um, we find out that guess who is on Endor with our hero, with all the heroes of the rebellion. Anybody take a guess? You're right. General. General Sindula? General. Hera Sindula. More importantly, guess who else is there? 
Yeah. <laughs> chopper. So hashtag chopper lives. That's right, folks. Thanks to forces of destiny. We do now know that Hera and chopper will survive past the end of, uh, rebels. We know they did survive. Apparently we knew they were at Scarif. So we know they survived Scarif. Uh, and apparently they make it through the original trilogy through the battle of Endor, uh, alive and kicking. So definitely that was fun. And we see a nice interaction between, uh, Han and, uh, Hera cause Leo sends Han over to pick up some food for the Ewoks. So they don't, you know, grill the stormtroopers. So <laughs> they have them on a spit. They were going to roast them like they were going to roast Han. And I don't think Han had a problem with it. So she sends them over and she's like, I'll give you food, but you got to say it first. And basically, basically pushes him into saying that the uh, ghost is a better ship than the Falcon. Then gives him all the food he wants. So, so and of course, here's this beautiful shot. And I think it's one of my favorites in this little three-minute video. And you can see it on YouTube. It's under the Disney page of for YouTube. Disney has their YouTube page, and it's there. But you see this beautiful shot of the ghost and the Falcon sitting on indoor, pretty much nose to nose. Perfect. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Andre, David, I know I, I sent it, I sent the link to y'all and had y'all watch it. Uh, what were you, <laughs> Andre, what were your thoughts when you watched that episode? <laughs> you know, Han, Han really giving in to Hera's, request you know and saying and saying that the ghost was faster than the falcon um that that was funny that was just absolutely hilarious i i mean you know in the fact in the fact that you know he doesn't really you know realize that hair is just badgering him you know oh, <laughs> that leia has to be the one to you know to make sure he understands that she's just giving him a hard time uh it was it was just it was really funny it was really funny absolutely david what did you think yeah, like like you said, that overhead shot of of seeing the Falcon and the Ghost next to each other is just that's just gold. In fact, I um I noticed that Leland Chi has that screenshot as um kind of the header at the top of his Twitter page. You know, when you yeah. go to to Leland Chi, so he has that picture um, right there from that episode of Forces of Destiny. Um, you know, tying this into something that we've been talking about over the last couple of years with The Force Awakens, uh, with Rebels, uh, with Rogue One, and now uh, The Last Jedi, something, Aaron, that you and I have talked about and that I've always been nervous about ever since 1983 with the ending of Return of the Jedi has been just, you know, obviously Han dying in The Force Awakens and just what a kick in the gut that was when I first saw it. Um, you know, all of the people in Rogue One. All the all the characters dying, and then um, I've told you, and I've made it clear. I'm, I'm nervous about Luke and and all of them. And of course, you know, the the last uh, Jedi, the the trailer shows uh, Kylo Ren looking at Leia, and is he going to pull the trigger or not? So, um, just whenever we get these pieces of of good news, I, I, I it, it it really does help. And so, when you sent that link over, Aaron, I, it was just so great to see that and. Just to know that any any of them continue to go on, it's just it's just really nice to see. Particularly after what we've seen here in the last few years, I I need uh, I need little little uh, little gold nuggets like that. 
I think we all needed little gold nuggets like that. And I tell you, when I, when I saw that, when I was leaving work the other day, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, Chopper, Chopper loves. So everything I've been posting has been hashtag Chopper loves. Uh, so if you see that, continue to see that on my personal Twitter, now you know why I'm still celebrating <laughs> Chopper survives. Uh, but yeah, this, that was a great, uh, great piece of information and gives us a little bit relief as we, we plug toward the series finale of rebels as to what happens to our, our heroes. And, uh, we have two two questions answered, and we have four more to go, uh, and we'll see how that plays out there. So, great episode, great discussion, everybody. I appreciate it, uh, Andre. Uh, if people want to talk Star Wars or, or talk uh, in general with you, I know you have your own uh, podcast as well. Um, where can they uh, get in touch with you at? Yeah. So, well, first of all, Aaron, I just want to thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. Uh, This is just such an honor. Very, very happy to talk Star Wars Rebels with you guys. So, um, yeah, if people want to reach out to me and talk Star Wars, uh, so my personal Twitter account is uh, my first two initials, AC and then underscore Hutchins. That's at AC underscore Hutchins. Um, But yeah, just like you said, I do have my own podcast. It's a movie review and recommendation podcast, and it's called Backseat Directors. So yeah, you can, uh, the the handle's at the BD podcast, but if you just type in Backseat Directors, you'll find us really on any social media platform. So yeah, would love to talk Rebels or, or Star Wars or any other movie. Perfect, perfect. And David, of course, if uh, somebody wants to talk Star Wars with you or just live in general, how would they go about doing that, my friend? Yeah, on Twitter, it's uh, my first name, David, underscore, and then my last name is Modders, M-O-D-D-E-R-S. And, um, in fact, I was tweeting earlier today with Andre. We were talking about Stranger Things. So yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover anything. Um, Andre's, Andre's way ahead of me, and uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> well, that's, it, that's too kind, David. Well, if it makes you feel better, both of y'all are way ahead of me because I haven't even watched an episode of the first season yet. So, uh, all the Star Wars, oh, oh, Aaron, all the Star Wars references—they, they, they're oh, so good. Yeah, yes, it, it's it's full of them. <laughs> right, so I, I'll have to check it out. I just haven't had the time. It's on my. It's in my queue, saved to watch. I just have not had a chance to. So, um, but. Definitely, we'll we'll have y'all's information in the show notes. That way, if you can uh, check that out uh, and, and get a hold of them. Of course, uh, if you want to talk Star Wars with me, of course, you can see all my hashtag Chopper Live tweets uh, on my personal Twitter, at uh, T.A. Harris 121079. Uh, you can always email me, uh, A. Harris, at coffeewithkenobi.com. Uh, of course, check out the show site, uh, the show Twitter, of course, which is uh, at Rebels Reactions. You can email the show. Tell us what you think of these episodes and any of the future episodes coming up with the uh, at the email address, rebelsreactions at coffeewithkenobi.com. Definitely check out our, our other shows on the network. Of course, our flagship show, Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. 
check that out. Of course, we have, uh, if you like comics, Comics with Kenobi. Uh, of course, Lattes with Leia, great podcast. Uh, if you like the old uh, Legends books and Expanded Universe books, uh, of course, Legends Library is for you. Check them out. Uh, all great shows, and we got a great series of, uh, great collection of blogs from some of the best bloggers out there. They're at coffeewithkenobi.com, so check it out. David, Andre, Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Definitely, this has been a fun uh, night to review, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy y'all were able to make it. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you as always, Aaron. And and Andre, it was great to be on with you, buddy. Hey, you too, David. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Rebels Reactions. Remember... This is the podcast you're looking for. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. Chopper, get us out of here! If you would like to respond to our question of the show, have a comment, or just want to say hello, send us an email or mp3 at feedback at coffeewithkenobi.com. Or if you have a specific question or comment for either of us individually, email us at danz at coffeewithkenobi.com or coreyc at coffeewithkenobi.com or visit us at coffeewithkenobi.com and click on the Contact Us section or comment on one of the stories featured on the site. If you enjoy the show, please write a review in iTunes or Stitcher. You can also like the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash coffeewithkenobi as well as keep up to date at our Twitter feed at coffeewithkenobi. You can also find us on Tumblr at coffeewithkenobi.tumblr.com. If you enjoy the jazz music, the album is Eye to Eye by Steve Torok. This is Spectre One. I need a lift. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. There's no one here. Move along. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.